Hey, everybody, it's me, Donald Miller. And before we start today's episode, I have some big news. As of this month, Business Made Simple is officially part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. We are so honored to be part of the HubSpot family of shows designed to help professionals listen, learn, and grow by providing access to the world's leading B2B podcasts like Success Story with Scott D. Clary, Being Boss with Emily Thompson, and us. You can check out all of these shows and more at HubSpot.com slash podcast network. Welcome to the Business Made Simple podcast brought to you by the HubSpot Network. Every week on this show, we coach you to build your business like an airplane. The cockpit is your leadership. The body is your overhead. The right engine is your marketing. The left engine is your sales. The wings are your products and the fuel tanks are your cash flow. If you master the six parts of a small business, your business will fly far and fast. Every week, we help a business owner just like you optimize their airplane. I'm your host, Donald Miller. On today's episode, we're going to talk about building the airplane. We're not just going to talk about leadership or right engine or left engine. We're going to talk about it all because we're going to talk about how to build a personal brand from nothing. Of course, when that personal brand is built, you got to manage all six parts just like an airplane. But what do you do when you're starting with zero? Shanara Williamson joins me today. She is truly an amazing woman. She's starting a personal brand called Brown Mama Bear, and I can't wait for you to hear about it. If you've ever wanted to start a personal brand, this conversation will provide a fantastic roadmap. Typical to somebody who's, who knows they have a message and you're kind of nervous, you're wondering. First of all, you know, talk to us about that. What does it feel like to say, to know that you've got a message burning inside of you, but you're wondering, you know, who am I to actually put it out there and that sort of stuff? Is that how you feel? Yeah, absolutely, Tom. Thank you. I do appreciate it. Exactly how I feel. Um, but I feel like at this point, the message is bigger than me. And mm. it's almost just like I'm a vehicle for it. And so I'm willing. I'm a willing right. vehicle. Um, and I'm willing to to go ahead and do it because it really isn't about me at this point. I know it's a personal brand. Yeah, that's the vehicle that you're going to have to put the message inside of. Right. And I understand that. However, I have been wrestling with this and I feel like almost birthing something inside of me for about mm -hmm. a year. Mm -hmm. And when you've been holding on to something that long, it's just time to get it out. Yeah. Well, you're, you're using the right analogies for what your brand is actually going to be. I'm sort of giggling inside <laughs> exactly. because I know it's where this is going. Your brand is going to be called, and it's a great name, Brown Mama Bear. Absolutely. Brown Mama Bear. Brown Mama Bear. So now give us the backstory of why your brand is going to be called Brown Mama Bear and what it's about. Well, thank you so much for asking. Um, Brown Mama Bear really encapsulates everything that I've been doing for the last 25 years, basically. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I have been raising children. So I've had this concept for, um, for a little while now. Brown Mama Bear is looking at what it's like to parent black and brown children in predominantly white spaces. Wow. Yeah. Can you just tell me, is, is that a, a growing and a big demographic? Is it bigger than most of us naive people don't know about? <laughs> um, I believe it is. Yeah. And the more that I uh, express to people what I'm doing, I keep getting more and more women specifically, but men and women saying to me, we need this. And I'm so glad you're doing it. And thank you for doing it. And, and I can't wait to listen. Well, before we even get into the actual personal brand, I mean, that, that's, that's a pretty big issue. And there's a lot that it entails. 
Can you tell me what are the struggles, what are the commonalities of, of brown mama bears out there, what they're dealing with, what they're seeing, and why this deserves its own platform? Oh, so glad you asked. Absolutely. I believe that all children deserve to grow up in an environment where they're seen, where they're celebrated, and when they're given all of the tools they need to succeed. And so the sting of racism or living in an an environment where discrimination is just on a base level, something kids have to deal with, I think that's not right. I don't think children should have to deal with that as they are emerging into adulthood. As they're dealing with so much other stuff that is just a bombardment of hormones and grades and And trying and identity (laughs) embraces. I mean, it was enough to deal with my kids, you know, not making a team or um, being bullied or, you know, or or just the angst of being um, a preteen. I remember those years of, um, you know, my kids getting in the car in middle school after a long day at school and just that angst that you have. I, I, as a parent of a middle schooler, I remember thinking, God, I would never want to go back there. <laughs> <laughs> and then on top of that, they were also dealing with this, where, when do I enter into the world? Um, because Wait, they were go dealing back. with- That's fascinating. Where, when do I enter into the world? What do you mean? Do you mean like become myself, you know, start mm-hmm. to grow those wings and leave the nest kind of a thing? Absolutely. I believe every person has this this point at which they they're like, oh, this is where I enter into the world. Oh, this love is that where terminology. I fit. But I feel like my children and other black and brown children have this other additional thing of and when and where do I enter in in light of that. And also sort of this external sense of am I welcome? Mm. Right. I mean, I would imagine Absolutely. that that's one something they dealt with. We're all wondering, are we welcome? But to have the added sort of influence of racial, both conscious and subconscious bias. Mm-hmm. And to know and to know that you absolutely are not welcomed in certain spaces. Mm. But sometimes you need what is in that space. You need something from that to put in your toolbox to move on. So, for instance, my kids, you know, going to uh, pretty decent schools um, were often the minority in their classes. Well, they need what's going on in school. Right. <laughs> but they also had um, teachers who did not always have the tools to provide an environment where that child feels welcomed and celebrated and known. Uh, For instance, what this looks like, even well-meaning teachers, what it looks like is around the time that, I don't know if you remember this, there was a a very well-known Harvard professor, a black man who um, was going into his own home. (laughs) Yes. Oh, I remember this. Yeah. Yeah. And he and he was he was he was uh, apprehended by a police officer who wouldn't believe him. So just something like that, that was just it was something on the news. My kids heard about it. We talk about it around the dinner table. They go to school and a teacher comments about it. Well, he shouldn't have been looking so sketchy. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so my children, my daughter is sitting there trying to figure all of those things out while she's trying to fit in in this class while she's trying to make a good grade from this teacher right it's a math class come on math is hard enough and but she also had this pull of before the comment thinking that the teacher the person in authority is a good person and then he's saying these things that are like throwing me off. And why am I even dealing with this? Because we're supposed to be talking about math. And by the way, math is difficult. And (laughs) I need a good grade. 
And so the, the so the challenges, and this isn't to say everybody every kid doesn't have challenges. I mean, hopefully we've right. covered that. These challenges are unique. I want to talk about though. You know, we, we can go keep going on the challenges that your children face, but I want to talk about you. <laughs> you, you how alone does Mama Bear feel <laughs> in that situation? Oh, oh, you have no idea. How alone? You know, especially in a in a predominantly white community. In, right. in a wealthy community, I'm imagining you're you're there in Brentwood. You know, in, in a wealthy community, uh, how does how do, how alone do you feel in in that whole situation as you raise kids that are dealing with these unique challenges? Extremely alone. Not a lot of sympathetic ears, or did you were you shocked by the that there were sympathetic ears? Um, well, I'll say two things. There weren't a lot of sympathetic ears, but then on another level. I did not always want to bear my real yeah. feelings to yeah, find yeah. out mm -hmm. if there is sympathy there because I have a lot of work to do. I have kids to get to adulthood, you know, so I wasn't really looking for sympathy and many times didn't even want empathy because I was just trying to do the next thing. Right. Um, what I know now after my youngest child is now 20 and a sophomore at Howard University, mm -hmm. what I know Congrats. now is how, thank you, is how important community and people who understand that piece is in the parent's life and how much that you need an affinity group within that system. And so that's what Grandmama Bear will be for people. It will be a place for people to connect. So part of it is the, it's the creation of community then, part of what you want to do. Okay, that's, that's actually, now we're getting into the, you know, I hate taking an issue like this and then saying, okay, let's dissect it and turn it into business jargon and <laughs> try to build it. <laughs> no, no, no. I need you to help me dissect this and turn this into business jargon. I'm down, this is why I'm here. <laughs> you know, unpredictability is part of what makes starting and growing a business both exciting and, let's be honest, terrifying. From the next loan payment to your next big sale or your next acquisition, Finding predictability in business is about as likely as finding a last-minute Valentine's Day dinner reservation. It is unlikely. A HubSpot CRM platform, though, is here to help you grow and scale with you through uncertainty so you can spend your time getting to that dinner reservation. HubSpot's reporting dashboard is like your crystal ball, giving you a bird's-eye view on your marketing, sales, and customer service performance. You can get ahead of any issue before they happen. And shared inboxes make incoming chats and emails easy to manage and scale for everybody. Learn more about how a HubSpot CRM platform can help your business grow better at HubSpot.com. And now back to the show. So let's get into it. Let's let's get into it because this what I love doing is helping people figure out the pragmatic mechanisms that you build in order to put a good issue inside of it and drive it forward, right? I mean, because it's, you know, it's two things. There's the, the product that you're delivering and then the method of delivering it. So there's the product and then there's the train that takes the product where you need to go. So when we're talking about a personal platform, we're talking about something pragmatic, something you know, arguably ethically neutral, but it's a machine that you build in order to go out there and use your voice. It's the microphone, if you will. So, it, it, you know, the first thing that I would say, and you and I, you, you know, we, we're in the same business cohort, and you, you know probably exactly what I'm going to say first. In order to build a personal brand, the first thing that I think deserves a lot of thought and clear definition is, quote, unquote, the problem you solve. 
Mm-hmm. So I just believe that things have value when they solve a problem. So I think that is the number one problem with personal brands is when is they don't solve the problem with they don't define the problem they solve with such clarity that people who have the problem actually see themselves immediately. Got it. Got it. Okay. Now the the other problem with defining the problem you solve is as soon as you do it, you limit your outreach and impact to only the so it's a it's a catch twenty two yes. that you gotta kind of nuance. You know, so as I hear you talking you do not solve the problem necessarily for the child in the school. You do not solve the problem for the school itself that has subconscious biases and is open to accepting that and wants to right. resolve them. You, you know, you're bypassing those opportunities at first. Now, I do believe after your brand is known, you can say, hey, we also have this on the menu. We solve this problem. Okay. But that's just not how the rocket ship works. The rocket ship has to be, the, 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 the rocket fuel has to be channeled through a little cone in order to get it off the ground for a period of time. Okay. So I love, one of the things that you've got going for you that so few people figure out this early is you actually know who you want to talk to and really what you want to offer and you know, if I'm not mistaken, and you did not tell me this, but this I just get from listening to you, it's mothers specifically, because when you call it brown mama bear, daddies are out. Mothers, <laughs> I'm just telling you, that's how it works. Mothers specifically who mm-hmm. feel alone raising black and brown children in predominantly white communities. Absolutely. So the problem is, the problem is feeling alone. Feeling alone, absolutely, absolutely. Now, I would say that as we do expand those circles, the very next one is going to be Papa Bear. <laughs> you better buy, better get brown Papa Bear before this comes out. Somebody else is going to join. Right. But because uh, whether he lives in the home or not, he is essential in helping this cub go from baby to adult. And that, I believe, is a very important part of the whole of the whole. Um, and so I'm very committed to both parents being um, equipped, being encouraged, and also making sure that they've got the support that they need. You might go grab Brown Papa Bear if it's 12 bucks okay. and just own it. Yeah, just own it. That's another issue that it's important to get out on this episode of the podcast. If you're starting a personal brand, you've got to go own all the spinoffs so that nobody can copy you. And a lot of times th- those things are 12 bucks when you're talking about buying domain names. Yes. You know, okay. where, where could this thing go? Now, that doesn't mean you're going to go there right away because, again, you've got your target market. You know the problem you solve. And you've got to become really well known inside of that market before we expand. We just want to own the real estate around got our, it. that target market in case there's future expansions. We put it on the back shelf. It's not what we need to focus on right now. All right. The next we've already answered. The next question that I would ask is, who's your target market? Who are we? Who are we trying to identify here? And that's going to be super easy. It is mothers who are raising brown and black children inside of communities that are predominantly white. So we know you know your market. And that's a real benefit, by the way. I would also say that even those people who are living in communities that are minority communities completely, like if you live in an enclave of suburban DC or suburban Atlanta, where you are in a majority African-American or brown community, you still live in America. 
So there, so there is a quote unquote secondary market. Exactly, exactly. Because we can't just only survive in those spaces alone either. So all, also parents who are raising their children in these spaces that are more diverse, they're also launching their children into a world that is predominantly white. And even as those numbers change, where we are a majority minority country, still white people own things and have the power. And so there's a power dynamic. Well, not only that, when 50, when 49% of the population is white and 51% are seven other ethnicities, you're still seven, a minority. Right. Yeah. It's still a minority. Well, right. you know, here's, it's a really good thing to say in, in a business podcast also is I would set a goal, a personal goal for, let's say, um, 7,500 email addresses that have been given to you by actual brown mama bears in predominantly white communities before I would expand my message to more people. Okay. Because you want to you want to keep that tight focus and build that community first. And the, the reason is this, when you expand the reach, you dilute that message a little bit. And so it's actually you I think what you're going to find is actually easier to get the 7500 build the community of 7,500 is going to be actually easier than you think. But as soon as you expand that message, some of those, you know, brown mama bears and predominantly white communities will no longer identify as strongly with this brand Mm. because it's also for these other mama bears who don't have to deal with it. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And why 7,500? How did you come with that? Because I think if you don't, yeah, if you don't have a personal brand, 7,500 from zero is a really great success. And about how long do you think that should take? It depends on what we talk about next, which is you okay. building your marketing funnel <laughs> and what you do with okay. it. Well, I'm ready to go. <laughs> okay. So we want to, you know, so let's actually say who our target market is. And then let's actually, before we even, you know, get to the 7,500, what is our core message to that market? So we may say that we, we don't think these people, these moms should have to be alone but how do we say that to them? So okay. if we say to ourselves, um, you know, brown mama bear exists because if you are raising children, black and brown children in a, in a predominantly white community, you shouldn't have to feel alone. Okay, so mm-hmm. that's a great message, but that message causes us to actually offer something and that's community. Right. Now you got to deliver on community. But if you actually say something like, um, you know, if you are a brown mama bear and your children are growing up in a predominantly white community, you shouldn't have to go without the answers to the top 10 questions you have. Mm. That does not promise community. And because it doesn't promise community, it's easier to deliver. In other words, you could just deliver a book. So now, so now we're making business decisions. You see what I'm saying? Okay. When you said you don't have to feel alone, now you got to have a, maybe a Slack channel. You got to have a Facebook group. Yes. You got to, Shanera's got to be out there. So this is really, this is really a question. Let's just be honest. Are you an extrovert or an introvert? <laughs> I'm wanna... an extreme extrovert and my husband is ready for me to get out. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So that's, but that's actually a really important thing for everybody listening to understand that that target message is what it's not necessarily a product but it's what you offer so you can offer a community and even if you wanted to Chanel, you could offer a community that gives answers mm. but now that we've you know, it sounds like you probably want to go with a community 
And now we've got to reverse engineer what that community looks like. Is it a community that people are paying 10 bucks a month? Is it a community that people mm-hmm. that it's actually free, but you're really building this community so that you can deliver keynotes. We're going to get to the product here in a little bit. Okay. But, you know, so that target message is really, really important. Now, the next question is, how do we build the group of people, the community of people who are going to not be alone or have the answers that they need? And that's where we get into what we just call a sales funnel. And a sales funnel is the story brand marketing made simple stay at sales funnel is has several parts to it. The first is a one-liner, as you know, because we've talked about this in our cohort. Yes. It's a one-liner followed by a landing page, followed by a lead generator that gets an email address, followed by email nurturing and sales emails that drive people to join the community. So, you know, the one-liner is, you know, we we can get into, I'll get into it a little bit. I'm going to give you a little cursory view of it, but... (laughs) Basically, it's one sentence that does more than invite people into the story. It also clarifies for Shanera what she's doing, right? So when you say, um, you know, one-liner has three parts. It's the problem, the product, and the resolution. Women of color raising children in a predominantly white community feel alone, but they don't have to because of the brown mama bear community. Right. Our community helps them get the answers they need and the emotional support they need to not feel like they're going crazy. (laughs) You know, that would be a good, that's it. So that's a one liner. Now they go to brownmamabear.com and you've got to have, you know, that's another thing that we would have to do is skin that uh, landing page with the words necessary to catch the people that you're trying to catch the people who go, that's me, that's me, that's me, that's me. I can't live without this community. Then they join the community. Uh, well, for, for, first of all, they they download the lead generator. So a lead generator might be something like whew, the 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 top ten um, ideas that brown mama bears teach their children should teach their children when growing up in a predominantly white community. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, anybody who downloads that lead generator is what we would call your target market. Got it. Now they're going to they're going to get that lead generator in exchange for an email address. Okay. That's where we get to the 7500. Got it. So now we have a goal of 7500 not paying customers, but 7500 people who have downloaded that email address. And our goal would be to get there you know within 2 years. Okay. You know, that could happen in 2 months. I would okay. think 2 years is very realistic. The only way it's going to get out there is if you're putting out your podcast and your keynoting and all that kind of stuff. And you will figure out really quickly best practices <laughs> for people to give you their email address. So am I also asking, and this is just the question that I have for me and hopefully other listeners will enjoy that as well. Am I also trying to get more people to do that as they are listening to the podcast? So yes. on the podcast, I am directing them back to get that lead generator. Mm-hmm. It's your dominant call to action. Got it. So you're, you know, that podcast is helping you create community. And the way all relationships work, including relationships with leaders or personal brands or products, they, they exist in three phases. First, there is curiosity. Then there is enlightenment. Then there's commitment. The only thing human beings get curious about is things that can help them, things or people who can help them survive and thrive. I mean, when you say 
Hi, I'm, I'm Shanari Williamson. I'm uh, I'm also known as Brown Mama Bear. I'm yes. here so that women of color do not have to feel alone raising kids in a predominantly white community. <laughs> you don't need to say anything. Else. Any any woman who's in that situation is going to go, "Oh my gosh, she's my <laughs> idol. This woman is my idol." Okay, so that so there's one more thing that I want to get to, and that thing is how are you going to make this economically? Sustainable, or are we dealing with a nonprofit? <laughs> <laughs> I think there are many ways, and uh -huh. as you can imagine, I have ideas <laughs> how you can do that. One is, you know, and I highly recommend this, but it's it's hard to do, but you've got everything that you need to do it, and that is you write a book, okay? You know, called Brown Mama Bear. You know how to raise you know black and brown children in predominantly white areas. You know, they would get a subtitle like that. Yeah, you know that book is going to sell. To every single person in that situation, <laughs> you're going to hit 98% of the market and the 2% that aren't on social media and don't have a computer. That's the only reason they're not going to hear about it. So, you know, so let's not, you know, we got to, got to okay. account for them. So that, that would be one thing. And that, you know, that gets you some monetization there. Okay. You know, I was thinking a keynote, the problem with this keynote is where are these women and where you know where are they joining together so you can actually deliver a keynote to them so that they can actually pay you money to do it? Yes. So yes. you know at that point you could do a little bit of a divergent keynote, you know, for all sorts of audiences on on just what it's like for minorities to grow up in a predominantly white area. Now that now mm -hmm. there's school boards who could bring that in, there's city councils who could bring that in. There's you know there's some there's a little bit more money there to bring that in. So you got the book. And then you got the keynote. Mm -hmm. If you want to take it further than that, and I don't recommend this until you get 15, 20,000 people on your email list. You could actually go into, you know, um, cities, school districts, and you could create a kind of interactive assessment that you would charge like $15,000 for, $25,000 for. You spend a couple days with them. You, you, you ask a million questions that are all predetermined in forms and those kinds of things. And then you deliver a very valuable report on here's here's your school district through the eyes of a minority student. Mm, mm -hmm, now, mm -hmm. that is a little bit off Brown Mama Bear and bringing mm -hmm. some Brown Mama Bear community. But at the same time, we have created a sort of economic product that would then fund, help fund the community. The other option is it's a nonprofit and you just do a couple fundraisers a year. There are plenty of people who would donate money. And if you just come out and say, look, our budget is, you know, our budget is $275,000 a year. It involves, mm -hmm. you know, some technology because we meet on Zoom once a month. It involves, you know, a little kickback to some people, some of the mama bears who are actually uh, shepherding communities in their area. Uh, and it involves uh, funding a good part of a big retreat that we, you mm -hmm. know, you need, they need you, the money needs to go buy something. Yeah. And so you'd be putting that together. So there are just some options for you in terms of monetizing this. You like all that? I, I do. Thank you. I feel like I, I want to take a minute and like figure out which one I want to take from. But yeah, great ideas. Thank you. Well, you can't. You've, you've already got a podcast that you're you recording. I already have the podcast. So brownmamabear.com is our website. And um, the actual podcast itself is already out. So um, what I'm really grateful about is that one of my first, um, not the first episode, but one of the first ones, the second episode, I believe it is. I'm really excited about because the reason I'm able to do this 
is because I did, in essence, what they tell you to do on an airplane, and that's put your mask on first before trying to help a child around you. And what that looked like for me was after I got my last child off to college, I spent the whole this whole past summer just healing myself. So I went through um, this group that's called Healing Racial Trauma. And Dr. Christina Edmondson, who is the woman who led that effort, um, she's right here in Nashville, and she is the one that I credit with helping me to get ready to do this. Wow, and yeah. so it wasn't until I healed that I was able to help. <laughs> that's a that's an important lesson for all of us. I don't believe I could help anyone else if I hadn't gotten some healing myself. And it's funny that if you're out just doing something, especially um, when it, it deals with your children, you don't realize how many times you're running or walking while wounded. And there were so many times that I didn't realize that because of some of the things that my children had encountered, that I was actually carrying some of that myself and it affected my own gait, my own walk. Have you ever like seen an athlete who's like, I'm going to keep finishing the end of this game and yeah, they're, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're limping until the game is over. That's yeah, how it was. The adrenaline is carrying yeah, you through. I was, I was limping by the time my last child went to Howard and I didn't even realize it. What you've really described in, in vernacular that we use around here is you have been a hero on a mission who became a guide. You know, you lived the story you went through the challenge, you transformed into somebody stronger and capable of turning around and helping other people find their way. Yeah, that's all I want to do. Uh, I love it. And it's also, you know, you're also modeling for so many people listening a, a second story in life. Because <laughs> a lot of people will sit around and look and go into their children's rooms and their rooms are empty and they, 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 go, they get depressed because <laughs> they didn't sit and go, well, what do we do now? You gotta do right, right. something else. You're gonna get depressed here, looking at you folding your kids' clothes, right? And then a week later, washing them and folding them again. I still feel like I've got a lot of life left in me. Oh, you do. <laughs> like you know what? You do. We're the same age, and I've got an infant. I, I hope you have a lot of life left in you. I hope, you, I hope you've got a lot of life left in you. A lot of life. I intend left to meet in my yeah. grandchildren, so <laughs> you and I are gonna stick around. Me too. And I just want my girl. I, you know, I'm raising girl. I've raised girls. Um, I just want them to also know that the life of, of 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 the modern woman means that you do a lot of different things. You know, and so it's it. Yeah, at this point, it's it's. I'm ready for a new challenge. I'm ready to do something new, and it's really exciting. And the funny thing to me though is that you're asking me to or or suggesting that one of the things to do to monetize this idea so i have the idea i have the passion for it i i'm owning that but you're asking me to do something that my father asked me to do about 15 years ago and that was to write a book um but my dad is you know he's my number one cheerleader and he just thinks i can do anything and i just was like what do you mean i can't write a book no, I'm pretty honest with folks. If you don't have an interesting story, I mean, I'll tell you, that ain't going to work. Good luck. Your grandkids will love that book. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, just, I just want my dad to, I want my dad to read it and be proud. Um, I feel like, you know, my parents really, I think, are the ones who showed me the way. Both my mother and my father were brown mama and papa bears for me. Um, they both grew up in segregated North Carolina and went to segregated schools, never, mm. like desegregation happened after they went to college. So we're talking about people who always live this, this kind of a segregated life. And 
my dad was the first in a management class in this insurance company he worked for to get into middle management who was African-American. So he had this picture that he would sit on his bureau of all the people who were in this management training. He climbed the ranks, um, but he was like the only, so it's like 20 people and the only black man. And so it's because of the things that he did in his job that put us in environments where I went to um, a predominantly white school and had some of similar things that my kids went through. But my parents didn't even know how to handle it because they were never ever in a classroom with white people. So they didn't understand some of the things that I dealt with. But what they did know how to do was to ground me at home. And so my parents always had extra lessons. <laughs> I would say I hated it. My mom was a teacher. Extra lessons, like I had to read comic books about African-American heroes when I was in, in elementary school. And I was like, why do I have to do this? Why do I have to come home and do extra homework? But I'll tell you what, when we got to the place where there were opportunities for me to actually lead in my school, I could do it from a place of knowing who I was. So there are things like that, that I believe my parents put in me and gave me all the resources that I needed. And I didn't even realize that that's who they were. They were the original, they're the OG brown mama bears. <laughs> well, there's a climactic scene in there and we're gonna have to have you back on the program okay? Uh, when you achieve that. And that is that your father will read your book. <laughs> oh, Don, oh, Don, oh, that would be so cool. That would be really cool. That's how the, that's how the story that's how this story ends and the next one begins. But that but we'll bring you back on, Shanara. The, the the website is brownmamabear.com. Go listen to the podcast and and if you just want uh, a perspective on life that is is completely unfamiliar to you, it's a it's going to be a great listen and if this is something that you say, "Don, thanks because this is this is where this is what I feel and I didn't know there was anybody out there." It's not true. There's somebody out there. Her name is Shanara Williamson. She's founder of brownmamabear.com, and our prayers are that she has a big old personal brand here pretty soon. <laughs> Love talking to you. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate you more than you could ever know. Talk about somebody who does not see themselves as a victim and also somebody who just rises up against challenges to affect change. I really hope Brown Mama Bear takes off. I love also that she just knows her niche. She knows who she wants to talk to. Such good stuff. Well, listen, at the end of every episode, I give you a plan of action from today's coaching conversation. These are the main takeaways you can immediately implement to strengthen and grow your business. Today's plan of action is sixfold. The first thing you want to do if you are starting a personal brand, if you are building your airplane for the first time and it's all based on your expertise, maybe even you, first thing you want to do, you want to understand the problem you solve. What problem do you solve? Second, who is your market? Who are you reaching out to? Who are you trying to actually invite into a story? Three, what is your core message? Four, what's in your sales funnel? Sales funnel starts with that one-liner. Then you've got a lead generator that captures email addresses. Then you've got that those nurture emails that you've got to send out. And of course, it's all hinged on a landing page. So read Marketing Made Simple if you want to know about a sales funnel, but you got to create that sales funnel for your personal brand. Fifth, what is your product? What are you actually going to sell? Are you going to sell a keynote? Are you going to sell some, some, some consulting? You want a, a menu of products that have a deliverable with a fixed price. Now, later the price can be negotiated, 
but you want that suggested retail price, if you will, for whatever you are selling. Know that in advance before you start your personal brand. And then I just want to say this, and, and this isn't something that I hit hard on with Shanera, but I just want to say this, if you want to start a personal brand with a suite of products, consider having a duplicatable framework. Be the mother or father of a framework that other people can teach, other people can instruct on. That's the key to scaling. If you don't have a duplicatable framework, that means you have always got to be in the room in order to sell your product. But if you created a framework that other people can represent, you're much more likely to be able to scale. So those six things are things that you want to consider if you are starting a personal brand. All right, friends, I'm extremely grateful to Shanera Williamson for coming on today. If you have a business and you are struggling to grow and you feel stuck and you're not sure what to do next, but you know you've got potential, go to mybusinessreport.com and fill out our assessment. You'll receive a free detailed report on the health of your business. It's going to help you identify any weak spots in your airplane and give you customized plans on how to fix it. Thousands of business leaders have already done it and are saying it's one of the most valuable free tools for growing your business out there on the internet. Just go to mybusinessreport.com and get your customized plan to fix your business today. Well, thank you as always for listening to the Business Made Simple podcast, where we help you build your business like an airplane so you can fly it far and fast. See you next week.